0: Good evening. This is coming to you from Portland, Oregon. Before we get started, I wanted to announce something a little special this week. I recently found and revamped a couple of old video art pieces from a while back, and since meditation has been mentioned so often lately, I decided to post the first one on my YouTube page. Some of you may know it. It's called Breathe. For those of you who don't, please check it out. A meditation on meditation of sorts. Also, yesterday the newest Lou Music Hour playlist was posted for anyone who loves music. I'm really happy how it turned out, and it took me some time to find good-sounding versions of each of the songs, so I hope you enjoy it too. And just a quick reminder for any who don't know, there's a Moon Mooncast shirt and merch store on TeePublic, so be sure to check that out for some cool stuff. Tonight, I'd like to talk about heartache, unrequited love, and moving on. This is in response to an episode request from a listener, so I hope it will help in some way, shape, or form. For anyone who really desires change, I suggest you get a pen or your phone. You're going to need it for notes. I can relate to this because I was in a similar situation just a few short years ago myself, and many times in years past, so I know how difficult and awful it can feel. My relationships with women have always been one of my greatest strengths and something that has always brought me immense joy, growth, and fulfillment, but also one of my weaknesses and have brought me some of the most challenging and painful stages in my life. One of the reasons moving on has been difficult for me is because I'm an obsessive person, and I think I always have been. Women have always fascinated me, even when I was really young. One of my first memories from when I was like six or seven is hiding under a table with a flashlight looking at a picture of the actress Annette Funicello. Apparently I was crazy about her, or so my mother tells me. I had a million crushes when I was really little. I remember having a crush on Meredith Salinger from the film Dream a Little Dream. That striped top she was wearing in that one scene, oh my god, that shit melted my brain when I was a kid thought my attraction to stripes was much more recent, like in the last decade, but apparently I was always hot for stripes. Maybe that's even the origin of my stripe attraction. (laughs) So, even though I've learned to curb it somewhat over the years, it's in my nature to replay things over and over in my mind, and in the past it's been extremely difficult to get over unfulfilled loves or breakups compared to other people, or at least it seems that way. I know people who seem to just move on without much time or struggle, and I'm always in awe of that. While I do think finding someone else can really help in the process of getting over someone, it can also be really unhealthy if you're just pushing things down and not dealing with them before moving on into other relationships. A lot of times you'll be bringing painful residue along with you and it can manifest in other ways or other areas of your life and subsequent relationships. I've known people like this, too. I actually had a name for them. Jumpers. The type who can't stand to ever be single or alone, so they would jump from relationship to relationship constantly. The irony being the constant jumping was the only constant in their lives. They usually never had long relationships, probably due to never facing their negative emotions. So with my situation, once I realized this person wasn't who I thought they were and who I'd hoped they were, the deep desire and the intense yearning I'd felt all along wasn't going anywhere. One thing that really helped me process this was writing. Now, although I'm naturally prone to writing, this can help anyone. You can certainly replace writing with whatever your specific innate creative outlet is. Um, Whether it be writing, music, painting, cooking, that works best. While you can paint a picture representing your feelings or bake a cake as a symbolic transformation of your emotions, writing is detailed, specific, and it works well for these purposes. I suggest using writing, but do whatever feels best and whatever works for you, of course. So, I started writing letters as if the person was going to read them. These ran the entire spectrum over time, sometimes sad, sometimes angry, sometimes frustrated, but always honest. After a while, I knew this person would never get these letters, but I kept writing anyhow. Any time I got the urge to contact them, any time I felt the desire to be with them, and after a while, any time I felt despair or heartache. Sometimes they were a collection of the days or nights thoughts, sometimes they were poems, some of them were actually not bad. In the end, there ended up being quite a few of them. I think the important thing here is it kept the flame burning without burning anyone else or causing external issues. It obviously would have been awkward, perhaps even uncomfortable for the person if I actually sent all these along after I finished them. And why would I? I had formed an idea of who and what this person was like and how things would be, and when it didn't work out, I couldn't blame them. It wasn't their fault. I put them up on a pedestal and imagined them a certain way. Now, if this isn't your direct experience and you feel by writing a letter to someone it will bring closure and start the process of healing, most certainly do it. Sometimes this is a crucial first step in moving on. If you're trying to move on to a death of a loved one, writing can still have a similar effect. Even though the person will never read your words doesn't make them any less meaningful or powerful. The act of exploring and articulating your thoughts and feelings will start a healing process regardless. This goes with any circumstance really, so don't feel like the intended recipient has to read your words for them to make a difference or carry real weight. You can even write a letter to your past self or to your negative feelings declaring how they won't get the best of you, take possession of you, or negatively affect your judgment in the future. Personifying your mistakes, irrational actions, or emotions and calling them out on their faults might help in identifying and changing them in the future. You might be in a circumstance where the other person was in no position to receive your affection or your love in the first place. So even if you were to write them... What makes you think that they'd understand or be receptive now? We oftentimes blame ourselves for someone else not loving or accepting us when the situation can be much the opposite. Perhaps the person wasn't ready to receive your love, your openness, your care. Perhaps they're afraid of being vulnerable. Yet when we get rejected, we tend to point inward and decide instantly that it's our fault. Most of the time, it's the other person, not you, so keep that in mind if this applies to you. I've had situations where girls have told me I'm too intense or too serious, and for a while I began to believe that was a fault. It's not. I just tend to feel things more than others, and obviously more than the meathead morons they're accustomed to, and I'm fine with that. If someone views me as too serious or too intense, then they're not for me. That's all. Even when I was younger and had a few friends with benefit situations, they were always complimented with letters, poems, or love songs expressing my deep adoration and intense love for them because that's how I love. Intensely. So just make sure you're not blaming yourself for someone else's decisions or someone else's reactions towards you because they are likely just that and only that. Their reaction based on their perception or limitations. So, my writing to find closure. I think it took something like a year, maybe, um, for me to get over it. Feelings would kind of fade for a few months and pop up again out of nowhere or get triggered by something, but less potent as time went on, kind of like death throes or something. And I should emphasize, I was really crazy about this person. It likely won't take you as long because, as I've said, I'm an insane person, but again, it's all subjective. And it was another long while before I was willing to actually take some action and do something to send it off and make peace with it. I think in part because I wanted to keep hope alive and dwell in the fantasy of possibly maybe which was just postponing the inevitable reality I was already aware of on some level. In hindsight I was just being immature about it and also not being honest with myself. The desire was still there for sure but after a while it just turned to hard-headed idiocy. These likely aren't your specific reasons, but whatever they are, you have to know in time that they'll likely not make sense to your future self. This entire thing might even seem silly or embarrassing to your future self. Remember, if we're doing things right in life, it means we're learning from our mistakes or our misfortunes and also growing, changing, and evolving in the process. So just keep in mind right now, in this present moment, by allowing yourself to change and acknowledging you're ready to heal, you are in the process of creating that evolved version of yourself. Try to keep that in the forefront of your mind as you move forward in the weeks and months. The waiting in the interim sucks, I know, but you'll get there. So what did I mean when I said I was finally ready to take some action and do something to send it off and make peace with it? I'm not going to go into the entire thing here. For one, it would take forever, and also, it's just not necessary. Just know I found this type of thing to be highly effective in sparking the fires of change into my life over the years, and I know it's helped others too. I'll give you a good enough outline. So first, make sure you won't be disturbed. If you think you'll be disturbed by external sound, put on some headphones with some relaxing music, preferably without lyrics. Um, Dead Can Dance is awesome for this kind of thing. Maybe I'll throw together a playlist and put it in the description. Turn the lights down or off and light some candles. Always be careful with candles, obviously. Get yourself relaxed and sit in that for a few minutes. If you want, you can call the four corners, watchtowers, elements, however you refer to them. If you don't know what I mean, it doesn't matter. Now, just state your intentions of what you wish. You could say something to the effect of, my intention tonight is in shedding this romantic preoccupation with so and so. I see now this was skewed by beliefs and expectations of my own making. This has led to longing and yearning, which was not my intention. I now set it free into the universe. I wish to be okay with it and not experience regret or longing for any more of my nights or days. I release these feelings from my mind and away. I release these feelings from my heart and away. I release these feelings from my being and away. Away, away, away. As was, as is, as it shall be. It's good to say something in threes, and something about past, present, and future, so that away, away, away. As was, as is, as it shall be. However, you want to do that, it's up to you. This is an outline. You don't have to do it the way I do it. Now obviously you could say whatever's on your mind. You can write up something beforehand to say if it's very elaborate. Or you can make it short and sweet and off the top of your head. This is all totally and completely up to you. Just giving you a for instance. Then if you have something to burn or wrap up or something you plan to throw away that symbolizes you're moving on from this time in your life, you can do that. If you're burning stuff, use a metal receptacle, obviously. Be careful. Use common sense, please. If you want to cut some strings, break some twigs, or destroy something to signify the severance, do that. Paint a picture, write a poem, sing a song, make an elaborate meal and eat it all up. Whatever resonates with you, get creative here. If you're into giving offerings to certain gods or goddesses or ancestors or guardians and thanking them, you can do that now. And then you can close however you want. Lately I say something like, these are my intentions, these are my true desires. I trust in the universe to show me the way to fulfill my intentions, to keep me in harmony, and to keep me happy in life as I move along my path. Please keep me and the ones I love safe and secure. As high, so low, as within, so without, as above, so below, it is done. You can clap three times, ring a bell three times, or hit something metal, spoon on glass, etc. Entirely up to you though. You can certainly do this more than once if you wish. If you want to do it once every quarter moon phase for a month or something, go for it. Conversely, this doesn't have to be as elaborate if you're not into it. You can simply get relaxed, focus, light a candle, state your intentions, and voila. I'm personally more into more elaborate ritualistic practices because I've found putting yourself in this liminal state has a lasting psychological effect and more of an impact in the long run. It's kind of like writing a recording of a song or doing a new video art piece for me. In the creation process and in doing, it brings about a lasting effect on the psyche. So that's that. Sending it off. I recommend it. A note on trauma. A lot of times when we experience pain, it's coming from a place within us that already knows, so to speak. It's coming from a part of us that has been there before. Memory trauma, in a matter of speaking. There's a staggering truth from an interview I saw a while back with Dr. Gabor Mate that illustrates this better than I can explain it. And he also stresses this idea of perception, which I always try to emphasize. He says, we don't respond to what happens, we respond to our perception of what happens. That's what trauma is. We don't respond to the present moment. We respond to the past. So what you're going through is very likely a reanimated ghost from your past being unfurled into the present. That's also why the pain and struggle might seem somewhat familiar and also worse than it's been before. Trauma added on old trauma. For me, heartache can be so intense it actually feels like a physical wound in my chest. Very slow but constant and nearly unbearable. Like what a mini black hole would feel like in your chest. Sucking your energy out of you leaving a residual agonizing void of emptiness. I've slowly began to believe this pain and the term heartache kind of validates the existence of our heart chakra and chakras in general. I mean what else could it be? Unrequited love isn't exactly the same feeling in the heart for me. But as sure as shit isn't any better. Equal amounts of bitter pain and intense yearning, whereas in heartbreak, the proportion is more pain, less yearning. Another thing you have to realize, again, relating to perception, is that your idea of this person is precisely that, an idea. And where in heartbreak you may be replaying memories and incredible time spent with the person, and in yearning you may have put this person on a pedestal, it is still the same you have elevated this person to God or goddess status in a way. Whether you see them as being the sutures for your scars or you see them as completing a part of you that's missing because they're so perfect, it all falls down to this notion of them you have fabricated in your head. While it may be a very elaborate idea with a plethora of logical reasons and concrete examples that prove this to be correct in your mind, it is still only in your mind and a construct you have created. You may think it can't be this simple or summarized so easily because, after all, these feelings are real. The way this person makes you feel is so potent and powerful, and you've never felt this way about anyone before in your entire life. The circumstances and coincidences and connections you've made must be something beyond happenstance. This is something more, much more, a -a once-in-a-lifetime love, or even otherworldly. This may all be true. But it is still only true to you in your mind generated from your nervous system and those feelings you're feeling those are all generated the same way with the origins from your thoughts and perceptions no matter how deep passionate and significant they may seem right now and yet again when the time comes and you're able to step outside of yourself this will be a much easier thing to see and understand a lot of times when we are in something subjectively it is impossible for us to see it from the outside objectively. Now, here's another part to this. You have to acknowledge the fact that you are not unique and you are not special. You are currently on a ball of dirt and water, spinning through space amongst billions of other stars and planets. On this planet, you are amongst billions of animals and fellow humans, all capable of possibly going through something similar or worse than you, at this very moment, if not at this moment, likely in the past and perhaps in the future. You are only one of countless sentient beings with this problem, or any problem in this moment. This pain and strife and struggle and heart-wrenching agony is not unique and you are most certainly not alone. You have to grasp this notion and own it for a few different reasons. One is so it will allow an influx of humility, which is something we all need when our feelings are so intense they're making us fixate and suffer. You are not special, nor are your feelings, as intense and consuming as they may be right now. Keep reminding yourself throughout your day that these thoughts and feelings, just because you're experiencing them, does not make them unique and does not make them important in any way. You are a speck of dust in the grand scheme of things. You are not the center of the universe. You are merely a being, thinking and feeling and experiencing consciousness and putting your perception on top of it to interpret the incoming signals and information. And while your interpretation may be your own based on past experience and current expectations, you are not alone. This leads us to the next reason to be mindful you are not unique and you are not special. Acknowledging you're not alone helps you feel the sting of isolation a little less sharply. When we're suffering and believe we're the only one who could possibly be feeling this at this very moment, it brings about additional existential dread and worsens the feelings of despair. While no one can be feeling the exact situation you are in right now because no one else is inside your head, nearly everyone on this planet has been in a situation the same or very similar to the one you're in right now. Everyone feels pain. Everyone feels heartache. In addition to merely staying mindful of this so you don't feel isolated, this can also be utilized as a vast resource for helping you cope. Since there are billions of people out there who have been through this or something nearly identical, and with the global connectivity we now have through technology, relating your situation to others is at your fingertips. You can read stories or scenarios on how to cope and relate. You can contact authors or writers and have discussions about something that resonated with you. You can even find chat rooms or forums where perfect strangers anonymously help one another. Sometimes just being able to relate can work wonders. Sometimes just being able to get it off your chest can begin the healing process, as mentioned earlier in relating to writing. Another reason is to bring in the logic that things could always be worse. While this may not seem to help and you think to yourself, well, okay, but I'm still suffering, Don't merely remind yourself things could be worse. Actually think of a few scenarios how this could be worse and then play them out in your mind. Dealing with heartache and yearning in addition to this, this, or that. Get creative and get bleak. Then bring yourself back and give thanks that you're not in that situation. Sit with this feeling of gratitude for a few moments and really feel it you need to come up with more dismal scenarios as the days go by and again bring yourself back and for a few minutes conjure a deep sense of gratitude that you are where you are instead on the face thinking negatively might seem like the wrong direction to be taking yourself but if your heart and mind are already in a dark place it's really not a far leap to take and the intended result is appreciating the present here and now Just make sure you make it to the gratitude stage and really let it settle in, soothe, and comfort you. This leads us to our next point. Another exercise is a gratitude list. While it may seem difficult and thought to come up with things you're grateful for at a tumultuous time in your life, it's certainly possible, and this will help you get on a path to a better way of thinking and being as the nights and days progress. So make a list of everything you're grateful for. This could be both very basic and very specific. We often take many of these things for granted and aren't usually very conscious of them with the busy lives we lead. You could be grateful for basic survival, having a roof over your head, having enough food to eat, clean clothes to wear, being able to pay your bills, waking up in a warm bed. You could be grateful for having a loving pet or people in your life, loving friends or family. People who support or love you, or more importantly, people you love and who count on you for love, support, or strength. You could be grateful for your vision, hearing, or mobility, for your complex and magical body, for good health and being fortunate you're living in a safe environment. You could be grateful for material things, again, things we often take for granted, your car, your tools and technology that make life so much easier. Your beautiful artwork and photos. Really cool possessions and things you love. Shows or films you like. Musical instruments. Your computer. Your phone. Candles. Incense. Blankets. A soft sweater or a super comfy pair of shoes or boots. A good glass of wine or a cold beer. You could be grateful for beautiful music you love. And by the way, music is a great tool for altering moods, so find out what music lifts you and use it frequently. Music is something I use often for shifting mood. You could be grateful for the sun, the moon, the stars, for nice weather, for rainy days, for perfect summer nights, for your happy memories and times you cherish with friends and loved ones, for all of the good relationships you've had, for all the times you've had butterflies in your stomach, and for the amazing, mind-blowing, toe-curling sex you've experienced in your life. You could even be grateful for being capable of feeling and having the capacity to experience gratitude, for being self-aware enough to know you need to change and heal and take the necessary steps to do so. A little meta action there. There are hundreds of possibilities. Add things to this list whenever you think of something else. Now, every single day, whenever you get 5 or 10 minutes, sit down and look at this list, going over and feeling deeply grateful about each item. Not just reading or glossing over them, actually feeling gratitude for these things in these aspects of your life. Think of the people in your life who you love and really try to evoke this feeling of love within you as you contemplate them. Do this every day. If you have trouble remembering or getting in the habit of things, you could wear jewelry or carry a trinket or a colorful stone with you every day to remind you. Whenever you put it on or put it in your pocket every morning, you can go over your gratitude list. Likewise, when you take it off or empty your pockets at the end of the day, you could do it then. You could do it on your lunch break after you've finished eating. Do not overlook this practice. It's really beneficial to get into and keep doing all the time, even when you're not suffering or going through tough times. It will begin to change your perspective and how you look at life in general. Remember, These are all just suggestions and guides, but definitely try all these practices and actions. Then, take whatever pieces and parts resonate best or work best for you and continue incorporating them into your life more often. They're really all beneficial when practiced regularly. I wish you the best. Stay strong and try to always keep a positive mental attitude. That's it for tonight. I hope this has helped you in some way. Don't forget to check out the new video art piece. All you music lovers out there, check out the October Loom Music Hour playlist that was just posted yesterday. There's the t-shirt and merch store on TeePublic. You might find something you like there. And please follow on Instagram or Reddit for updates, new episodes, etc., etc. Links in the description hope everyone is having a good week and all is well i'll talk to you next time night guys